Hey everyone, this is Joe Masselter, CEO of VSM Real Estate, and I am very, very honored to welcome Ryan Fisher to the office today. Welcome. Um, to give you a quick background on Ryan and I, I worked with Ryan uh, in 2018, and I was fortunate enough to work with him. He's one of my very good friends in the industry and probably the highest producing agent I've ever met and known, and actually I think that's a fact. Um, and so today we're trying to learn a little bit about the secret sauce and I was joking with Ryan right before this that he can share all of his secret sauce because nobody can really mimic it because he's just so hardworking um, and he's a good dude. So it's very rare to find that um, in the industry and I've always glommed on to it since the moment I've met you. And thank you so much for being here. Um, I would love if you would give us a quick introduction of yourself and your brief history in this career. Even though you're slinging it, you haven't even been a real estate agent for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been that long, has it? Like six years 2014 is when i got into real estate still cracking backs too i was cracking backs for about <laughs> a year the first year as a chiropractor before i got into real estate and it's kind of kind of a crazy transition but it, a lot of stuff is very uh symbi or very similar i mean mm -hmm. you're helping people right so yeah. one job you're helping people get out of pain the other one you're helping them navigate the painful process of getting a property that they are going to love and well, live in for a long time. Can I ask you what, I mean, I mean, chiropractor, you had to go through a fair amount of schooling. Um, yeah. If you owned your own practice or whatever, I assume there was some startup cost then on top of that. What leads you to make that decision to leave something you've invested so much into and start fresh in a totally different industry? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, the big million dollar question is that every, like you spend <laughs> four years of undergrad and then you spend three and a half years year round to get your doctorate as a chiropractor. And then after that, you're $230,000 in debt from student loans. And you're like, wow. all right, now I've got to take that debt and turn it into some kind of profitable business. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I mean, those that debt will eat you alive with like $2,100 a month in, in student loan payments. Oh, so and, and you figure that that's after tax money, right? So, you know, you got to make 3500 just to break even every month. And wow. so, so if you're a, a getting into chiropractic and opening a business, now you're taking on more debt to open a business mm -hmm. on top of that. So it's a, it's a tough transition trying to get out of that profession because you want to make money right away and mm -hmm. try to stir things up. And so I did that for six, six and a half years, and uh, it went really well. I mean, it was a good profession, but it was um, just, you know, it wasn't my calling. It wasn't my mm -hmm. thing that I just was like, hey, I, I love this. And I figure if you, you know, you get one life to live, and if you don't love it, you change it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of like a chronic entrepreneur. And if you're a chronic entrepreneur like me, you go into an office setting, you're working with patients every day that you, you love, you don't want to give that up, but at the same time, um, you also keep trying other things that are going to get you ahead and get you um, excited in life and get you to roll out of bed and be jacked. So, yeah, awesome. so, you know, I started testing other things, started creating other businesses, uh, started a company called Ideal Massage, which was a massage company that sold on group, group massages on Groupon mm -hmm. and had those serviced all over the Twin Cities, did that for a few years to open, you know, sur a surgery center and a, several chiropractic clinics and, you know, got out all those in 2000, let's see, probably two years ago. So 2018-ish, okay. uh, 2017-ish, somewhere around there. And uh, basically dropped everything. It was just 100% real estate since then. So. so it wasn't just an overnight decision. Yeah, chiropractic, it's done. I'm getting <laughs> into real estate. It was kind of a pathway for you to yeah, get there was, here. There was definitely some overlap. 
Uh, but the first, I mean, I've been doing real estate basically full time for uh, six years since like nice. middle of 2014. And one thing uh, you said to me when we were working more together was, um, you know, you're going through flips at the time. You're doing, you know, you're kind of unwinding from some of those other things. And you said, I just want to simplify. I just yep. want to simplify. And one of the things that, you know, as, as you talk more about how you've grown your business over the years, I'm guessing that has a lot to do with it. You have processes in place. You have systems in place. Um, and then on top of that, it's the entrepreneurial mindset, right? You get up every day and you try to find a better way of doing everything. And I think about like, you know, this might be a good time for you to plug your refer app too. And also the pro team of just all these things that you've created um, has come from simplifying your life too, right? Definitely. So, I mean, I, every in, in real estate, you got to figure out systems. And every realtor has to find what system is going to work great for their, their business model. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people, it's just their life is chaos and they don't have systems. And, and they're going to be stuck selling 10 homes a year every year because they can't figure out how to manage their time and how to organize their clients and whatnot. Uh, for me, it's everything is just, all right, how do I create a structure that's going to keep on allowing me to grow my business over and over and over again and allow the agents that I work with to grow their business too based mm -hmm. on using those same systems. So part of those systems are just making sure that um, making sure that people are able to um, find, find clients, know how to get clients, how, know how to meet new people, get out there. But then once they have those contacts, they have to stay in touch with them, give them um, great service, mm -hmm. but you don't want to get bogged down with paperwork and stuff like that. So it's figuring out how to manage your paperwork the right way and have systems in place to um, get that paperwork submitted the right way. So question for you. A lot of my questions are generally speaking for newer agents rising up, but, yeah. you know, I look at you as, as sort of a mentor. And so when I think about my own life and my own career, I think about like, how do you find the time and remove the anxiety of not responding? And you're a very quick responder, but like, how do you have you or have you been able to and how do you remove the anxiety of like constantly having to be on your phone? You know, I drove 18 hours on Thursday and 18 hours on Tuesday and not being able to text <laughs> and drive and t constantly call people was just I mean, it was giving me anxiety to the point where I got home and I had to run like 10 miles. So I'm just curious if you have any advice or any tricks that you've come up with or if you've just come to the realization that life needs balance or is there something in between some of that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's like a, a loaded question because <laughs> <laughs> my life isn't very balanced. It's like 100 hours a week of work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been good years where I've worked less and, and this last year I worked a little bit less than the year before. Um, but I think it's, it's emailing, checking emails once every hour. It's texting back as quickly as you can that people really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be times where you can't just can't do it. You got to turn it off. And it's going to the gym. It's it's watching a movie. It's having your downtime. And you just got to figure out those times in your in your life that um, you can have those or that you can kind of budget that allocated time to do those activities. Mm -hmm. um, but I think clients are, are, are waiting, you know, they want people to respond quickly and they want you to be there to help them. Well, and that, that's kind of the curse of, you know, today's generations is where the instant gratification society. So if you don't respond to a text message within 15 minutes, they've either already made a decision or they think you hate them and you just start getting spam text messages. Um, 
you're talking about fitting a lot into a day. So yeah. uh, not to give you another loaded question, but I think I know what the answer would be. When you look at your calendar, do you see it in like the morning, afternoon, evening style, or do you see it in like 15 or 30 minute increments and you're going to maximize every second that you can? So mine's mostly like hour to hour. So I live and die by my <clears throat> by my Google calendar. Mm-hmm. And Once you and got it synced up to your phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you got to have it. And it's it's literally all day back to back to back, like hour, hour, hour. So I try to do it in uh, from my schedule basically is nine to nine to eight every single day. Okay. So about 11 hour day every single day, which um, some days I get home by seven, some days I'm home by six, some days I'm home at 10, but I just try to shoot from like 9 a.m. for my first meeting mm-hmm. to 8 p.m. as my last showing time or usually 8 o'clock because it's like somebody after work needs to see a house just came on the market that day and gosh they, you know they they love the pictures so they got to see it that time and i'm happy to show it to them you know it's if it works for their schedule it works for mine it's just a matter of if i do have some other prior commitment obviously i've got to work around that yep so i just want to put this into perspective for everybody because this is crazy to me so last year let's just say i did right around 80 deals i've hired two people and i just hired my third person to help me manage that this guy over here does one and a half times that, and he has none of that. Yeah, I've, I've got like <laughs> one part-time assistant, Sherry, and she just like she helps me organize open houses for the team. She doesn't even do that much stuff for me personally. It's crazy to me. So she's there to help run the team and structure the team and communicate with the team back and forth, but she's she's not there like hanging my signs or calling people back or emailing or setting up showings or anything like that. No paperwork. I just do it all myself. And part of my systems are like, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Kiss method on everything. Like, don't overcomplicate your paperwork. Don't hand it off to too many people because then errors happen. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to communicate with, if I've got to call, you know, Sherry to tell her to upload this document. And then she calls me back to say, how do I do that? And then I call her back and say, here's what you need to put on that document. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's quicker to have a system in place just to do it yourself. So I just find downtime and, and whenever I can in between clients at stoplights and wherever <laughs> and uh, pull over and get it done. Pull over. He threw that in there. He didn't right. want us to think yeah, he yeah. was yeah. doing all Well, I, I texted you and you yeah. chewed me out. You said <laughs> your, your passenger was pretty scared that you were going through like Chicago texting me back while yeah. you're behind the wheel and, and you were going dark for a few hours. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, game over right there. Yeah. So that's an insanely high work ethic. I mean, I, it's safe to say it's not standard. Um, do you ever recreate? Like, is that something that's <laughs> important that you have to have to put in there? Or are you just one of the rare types of people who's so fulfilled by your job that you can just keep going and going and going? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the, uh, I think the job is fun. Like, and I, I'm very, uh, I feel like my social life is real estate. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes hand in hand like this, hanging out with you guys, like getting to chat about this is, is entertaining. It's fun. Like, but there's also, um, like tonight, going out to dinner, you know, having a nice dinner on Valentine's Day. Hey, we've got to, you know, got to have some fun, too. Yeah. Yep. You know, you got to have that downtime and whatnot. Like, I was uh, probably for, like, four years, though, I got away from working out and, like, taking care of myself. And so I was just, this last year was probably the most eye-opening thing ever. My house flooded, sprinklers, sprinkler disaster, sprinklers went off when I was on vacation, and destroyed the whole place 11 months of renovating it wow and rebuilding it i was homeless like moving moved in with uh, ashley 
to live with her throughout the, the disaster. And, you know, it was, it was a really tough time because you lose everything you own mm-hmm. or almost everything you own. But, um, but that was like a reality check. Like, okay, if I can handle going through this, I can handle like getting my health back together too. So I've been like working out the last couple of months, like four or five days a week, trying to get, trying to get, eat a little bit better, you know, a lot of salads, a lot of wow. lettuce with salt or whatever, right. you know, whatever. It's showing though, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah, trying to. You got a different glow about you now. Too. Trying to feel better, you know, trying to get, get my cardiovascular activity, like run a little bit more, lift yeah. a little bit more. I want to go to Florida and end up like, <laughs> end up like, like not taking my shirt off. Yeah. Da- you got the dad bod without the kids. Dad bod, no <laughs> kids. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. horrible trade off. Um, you said something though there, like I know people, I'm sure Joe knows people, you probably do too, that they stub their toe and it shuts them down for a week. Yeah. How did you go through something like that and still put up a, a rock star year? Like, like, how do you do that? Is it all compartmentalization or keeping the first thing first or just, I mean, I know a bunch of people that that would, we got to deal with this and they're kind of right to say it. Yeah. It de- I mean, it definitely hurt my business for sure. Uh, two years ago, I did 131 deals myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 131 and a half. There was like a share gone with somebody. <laughs> and so that was uh, like last year, I only did 106. Okay. So, and I do small transactions, big mm-hmm. transactions, a little bit of commercial, you name it, some commercial leases, um, but mostly residential, like first time, second time home buyers. Like that's majority of my business. But yeah, I mean, you go through a disaster, it, it, you got to you gotta take a little step back and get through that too. So That costs you a full-time workload. Yeah. I mean, 30 deals. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a full-time income right there mm-hmm. that was lost by that, but you know, now my house is better than ever. So mm-hmm. kind of like one on one side, but lost on the other. Yep. So I think in this career, we often tend to, uh, and I liked what you said about taking care of yourself. Um, similar situation, right? Last year, I just kind of 2018, best shape of my life. 2019, you know, and 2020, I'm just kind of trying to start up again. But, you know, our clients do expect quick responses. Our clients do expect, um, you know, us to be available all the time. But I think it's also important for every realtor out there to draw some lines in the sand once in a while. You know, Valentine's Day. Yep. If somebody asks you for a showing tonight, I imagine you're going to have to say no. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I've already had to say no to a couple people. <laughs> yeah, and it's I mean, and and they understand that too. And I think we have more anxiety about it than even our clients do sometimes, because I know that when I have to say no to anybody for anything, I'm like, oh my gosh, they hate me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. no, they get it, especially valentine's day or you're, you're going you're traveling you've got your kid or something mm-hmm. like that people do understand it's just really hard and i think as i train more and more agents to come up i and just want to reiterate to that to them that you got to have a life you got to yeah. take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself that's how i was in the insurance business for the one year i was doing it i wasn't working out i wasn't eating good i was traveling i was working 15 hours a day and i was miserable and burned mm-hmm. out right away and i hated it yeah, you gotta you gotta find your balance, and if it doesn't work for you, like right away, if you don't find a system that works, like you're not going to be in the business long. You're going to find something else, and that's where chiropractic didn't work for me. It, like I was healthy, I was having fun doing it, but I just couldn't find a life balance that mm-hmm. worked. And so then I found real estate, and you know it's it's great from there. You know everything just kind of clicked. So, but you know going. 
back to those those clients that want to see a property tonight on Valentine's Day, like there's always tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as you let them know, like, hey, I, I care about you. I'm going to get you in first thing tomorrow. Uh, what time works for you? I'll be very flexible. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that that goes. There's some people that say, nope, can't do it tonight, and can't show you a house, can't, mm-hmm. yeah. But they don't suggest or prioritize another time for them. Yeah. And I think that that people respect that you're you're not blowing them off. You're mm-hmm. just putting it. You're just scheduling appropriately. Yeah. And so big difference there. I bet you know one thing I I know you're about too is just accountability, right? You know, right. you make a mistake, you own up to it. I've seen a lot of times when the agents on the other end. They make a mistake and they're immediately blaming their assistant or they're immediately blaming somebody else, the seller even or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's just like, well, we, we know it was your fault. Just it's OK. It mm-hmm. happens. Just say something. You know, I, I it, yeah, I'll go on a rant if I keep talking about it. But <laughs> it's all part of the conversation of just, you know, like you said, tell your clients the truth and tell your clients you do care and you're going to get them in as soon as you possibly can. Um, cause there's only 24 hours in a day and you really can't book showings at 10 o'clock at night unless it's a rare situation, mm-hmm. vacant property or yep. something. So I would say some of the harder things in our business is, is managing slow responses of other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's like my, probably my biggest mm-hmm. hardship in real estate is like, I want data information back to my clients fast. And if I like email somebody or call them and I don't hear back for two days or three days, it makes me look really bad mm-hmm. and it's it's not it's out of my control like i can't get you a showing because the <laughs> agent keeps declining every showing with request. no explanation no explanation <laughs> well i just bought last fall and we uh, the who i ended up buying from was an agent like that where you send a request and then three days and you start wondering what like do they even want to make money? Like, yeah. What? Who the hell's running this show? Right. It's so funny because yeah. people ask me what the worst part of being a realtor is, and I say other agents. Yeah. And, and it's and <laughs> I think clients get leery. Like you and I are friends, right? Our right. clients get leery if oh hey I know Ryan really well. We're friends. You know he's a great agent. Clients will sometimes get leery of that when they should actually be thinking the opposite because now I'm going to get a fast response because I just said Ryan's a great agent. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get this deal done fast, and it's going to be a great deal for both parties. Versus some random agent that's showing a downtown condo that lives in, you know, up by you or St. Francis or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like they don't know where the lockboxes are. They don't know. You know, they submit an (laughs) offer and it has half the paperwork. They can't respond to you for, you know, two to three days, like you said. Um, That's why, like, the small community of people that we've gotten to know really well, those are the the people I love and adore. Because Mm -hmm. I know that if I submit an offer to Ryan Fisher, I'm going to get a response right away. I'm going to have constant communication. Not only that, but, you know, the agents that you like to work with are, are going to, you're going to like do everything you can to communicate with them as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Like make sure that, you know, make sure everything's vetted so that the deal goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah. And so it makes it more fun because then, you, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be saying cheers at the closing table and ever it's going to be a win-win. Every clients are going to be super happy at the end of the day. I mean, the last deal we did together, we went from having a, um, a well, no, uh, we went to having a cesspool at the end of the day. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a holding tank. There was a, a house on a lake. This is crazy. Septic? House, house on a lake. To that what? was a septic tank, holding tank <laughs> that was like non compliant. Cracked. To leaking. A, to a cesspool that was not able to be signed off and authorized by an FHA appraiser. To a cesspool that was, the city was going to allow to stay 
and the FHA appraiser was okay with it and got the deal done. <laughs> and it was just like, it was just. I didn't know they still did cesspools. I don't think they do anymore. Like, it's not, especially next to a lake. You know? Yeah, right. Like, I don't think that's exactly the cleanliest I mean, thing. Just but. trench a four inch pipe right into the water. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, how well, I understood a cesspool is basically like a bonfire pit yeah. that holds the solids and lets the liquids through. Yeah. You know, it's, not a, it's not a pretty thing. We didn't see it. Oh, yeah. We didn't, <laughs> I tried to, you know, open the hole and, and dip Ryan Joe was in there just, just to look at it a little bit. But swirly? You, take a yeah, drink. Yeah. Hey, take a look at there. See what you see. Oh, oh man. That's but such that, a bad word, though. But that's yeah. a great example of if you and I weren't on both sides of that, I think that deal falls apart. My my owner still has that property, and your buyers might be looking still, you know. Yeah. So, and I know they love it now. Yeah. And so they didn't want to change it out and redo it right before they're like two years before they're going to knock it down right. and rebuild mm-hmm. a new house on that lot right so it made no sense to bring it up to conforming whatever it was mm-hmm. to a um to to a newer bigger holding tank that they were <laughs> going to have to redo in two yeah. years so, right yep. yeah yeah high-fived all the way yeah you know we got it done and everybody was happy even the city yeah so yeah um talk to us a little bit about uh I want to talk about refer for sure, but talk to us a little bit about building the pro team and like what that's been like and learnings from it and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's so right now. I mean, so the team has 26 agents, so it's grown from, I think we started it two years ago, two and a half years ago. And you were probably, you started with us in like maybe two years ago. Yep. Something like that. Yep. So, uh, the pro team we're with Remax results. And basically, uh, grew really quickly. I mean, added like one agent a month for the last two and a half years to wow. get to this point. And we've lost a few people that have uh, found other things, other opportunities, and it always happens. And it's like well, always with every business I've done, it's like you can't force people mm-hmm. to work with you. you. You can't force them to stay with you. Mm-hmm. You just got to make sure that the opportunity is better than opportunities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And at the second you lose sight of that and you, the opportunities are better elsewhere, people leave. And so that's been the epic struggle all the time is how do we continuously make this pro team better to continuously grow things and make people more happy and have the technology and the tools to grow the real estate business faster than any other team out there. And we've had, you know, Days, months where we just crush it and months where we're a little slower. But on the whole, I think we did 445, 444 transactions last year. That's insane. And on average, last year we had, I think, 18 agents, if you look at the average of the year. Mm -hmm. So not a bad per agent count. I mean, 24 deals per agent. I don't know the math on that. but That's close. Well, that's right around 100 grand. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's an incredible average, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah I would say the av- the average agent does half of that at best if they're having a good year. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, my goal is to get everybody to 100 plus on the team. So, and that's and if you're making less than 100 on the team, you're just not plugging in. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't be making under 100 thousand dollars. And that's that. I mean, it, it, to work the crazy hours that a realtor works to work weekends, sacrifice your mm-hmm. nights, sacrifice your time with your family, there's no way you should be making less than that. Mm-hmm. And if you if you are, I mean, there's probably better jobs out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great perspective. I've never heard anybody actually say that, but you're basic, as a real estate agent, you're basically a second shift employee who's on call the rest of the time. 
Yep. And if you're not like your time's worth money, your family life's worth money, your social right. life's worth money. And uh, I think that's great perspective that would be nice to see it instilled in just more people generally. Like if you're going to do the stuff that sucks, you should be compensated for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's a huge, uh, I, like tiling floors, for example, it's a really, it's probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever done in my life. And I've done it because I wanted to learn how to do it. But like, it's one of those things you look back on and you're like, would I do it again? Like your fingers start to bleed because <laughs> of the grout, like rubbing your skin right off your knees and your and back knees and your back oh. are ruined from those knee pads that just aren't comfortable enough <laughs> and then it's just the repetitive motion of sponging off the the grout and it's and it's just heavy lifting moving tiles mm -hmm. so you get the worst of all elements at all times and like that's why that's so that job is so expensive to hire tile people mm -hmm. yeah. same thing with real estate and any contractors that are working on houses framers that kind of stuff they're really hard to find right now because they're their jobs are labor intensive and mm -hmm. they're the people should be compensated more because of that. Yep. So it's, it's, uh, it makes it rewarding to go to work and work those hours if you're getting compensated for it. And that's why I, I like to stick with it because I can make it fun, but also be compensated for it. So tell us about the refer app. Yeah. So part of my business is like very strategic, you know, you've got to have, You've got to have a list of your clients. You've got to track where they're at in the queue at all times. Are they in inspection? Are they waiting for financing? Are they? And so I organize everything um, on the front end. And then with paperwork, I make sure that I've got a system for transactions where the paperwork goes from me to the desk to getting uploaded to accounting. And so um, I kind of structure everything for, for the team to be very simplified. Um, one of the biggest epic problems I've had is like people are always calling me and saying, Hey, do you have a painter? Do you have a plumber? Do you have a electrician? Do you have uh, you know, whatever, do you have a mortgage guy? And I'm always going into my notes, scrolling through it <laughs> and trying to find like, where is that guy? And I've got them organized in categories in my Apple notes, but they're like, you scroll through and then you got to highlight them, hit the copy button, mm -hmm. go through. So I created a, a way to organize all my contacts and it, by loading them into this app. And when you load them into this app, they're organized by category. And once they're in those categories, um, you can mark certain ones as your favorite. And you click on them, hit the forward button, and it sends it right to your client. So it's like literally takes me three clicks of a button to, to send somebody a referral for uh, one of a painter, plumber, mm -hmm. electrician, insurance agent, that kind of is thing. Is this commercially available or is it just yeah. for you? Yeah, it's free download on the App Store. You just go, you can either go to the website, referus.com, um, and download it from there, or you can go to the Apple Store or the uh, Google Play Store and download it for free, and you just set up an account. And then you just start loading in your businesses one after another. So you load in your business card, and then you can load in client created businesses which are businesses that um, you work with so mm -hmm. like your painter and your plumber and you just enter their name category email address and phone number and if you want to enter add their mailing address or business address you can add that in too and then it just organizes it by whatever category you assign to it the production quality of it is very good too mm -hmm. i mean beyond good so like it's one of those apps that it looks like you know, Apple made it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're going to be like, oh, I got to send this to my client. It's like very, very nice looking, very professionally done. 
Um, obviously, you put a ton of thought into it before you even launched it. Yeah. And a ton of money, too. So he he thought through it all the way through mm-hmm. before it even hit the public and, you know, and making updates and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's... Yeah, I've been working on it for like three years. But there's, a, there's something missing in the market. There's no way to organize your contacts on mm-hmm. your phone. Like, you can put in Jimmy electrician phone number into your into your thing but into your contacts but Mm -hmm. then you know you get 10 different electricians which one's your favorite which one i've got his phone number in there but i don't have his email address and i don't Mm -hmm. have his mailing address like how do i how do i connect that how do i find that um might not have a picture in there of them or might not have you know so you can save in there what what you want um and then every business owner can create their own business card in there to share with their clients so I can send it to my clients. They can share it with their friends. And so it makes it really easy for my business information to transfer hands out there. And so um, I've kind of made it a, a fun little game. So my clients that buy houses with me, I load them into the app and I say, hey, download this app and you're a part of my like uh, promotional marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Then if they're on the app and they take a selfie in front of one of my for sale signs, and they post it on social media, I'll send them a $10 gift card to Chipotle right through the app. So I created an integration where I can send gift cards right through the app as well. And so it's like a, a loyalty program. Like if people sign on to this app, now I can send them gift cards if they do like promotional stuff for my, you know, participate in a marketing campaign for the team or for myself. That's awesome. Yeah. So I send out a lot of Chipotle gift cards. A lot, probably too many. I know I might change careers just so I can support his business and <laughs> get paid Chipotle. Hey, oh man, you'll be a buyer and you'll just go and drive around, find the for sale signs. I would make selfies Ryan, everywhere. Yep, I would make Jailing, Ryan show me media. like tons of properties, and then we'd get to the inspection. I'd be like, I don't know, Ryan needs a new dishwasher. I think I'm out. And then we'd cancel, and eventually he'd fire me. Yeah, he'd make like twenty dollars in gift cards, and then he'd be like, "Okay, I'm really not making it." You know, like I can only eat like once a week off a of Chipotle. On this. Uh, that's a lie. He eats yeah. five times a week off of Chipotle. Four. I'm down to four. As it's pretty good because I was traveling. I think, I think I'm at like one or two. I think like every American's at one or two times a week at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. They gotta I, be. You can eat healthy at Chipotle. Yeah, you can. can't eat no, healthy very No rice, places. no beans, no. just right. chicken veggies and a little bit of cheese and right. you're good. Yeah. Yep. And salad. Now they got like the different kale salads now. Oh, you something. lost me at kale. Yeah. Yeah, like what do they call it? Something else? Yeah. yeah. I, no, I know what you're talking about. They got some like new elegant name for it or something yeah. like here's the this uh, vegan entree or something. Yeah. 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 The superfoods <laughs> I'm not a fan of. Super they just foods. taste like they're healthy and not enjoyable. There we go. That, that's the big word I was looking for. Some kind of superfood. Yeah. <laughs> Jake knows a little bit about a lot is the thing. <sighs> um, do you have any final questions for the maestro? Mm-hmm. I actually do. I've actually got some. I hope they're good questions, and I hope they don't sound rambling. How are we doing on time? You yeah. got a few minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. So Joe mentioned this earlier. The average real estate agent, at least compared to you, does nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, between 10 and 15 deals a year, which is 1% of, of what you're doing, or uh, 10% of what you're doing. How do you, uh, how do you support that kind of a volume? Like it, it is, is it all referral based? Do you actually have to commit a portion of your time to prospecting? Um, is it all repeat business, you know, investors, like how do you build a personal organization that hefty and have it year over year? Yeah. 
Yeah, my business has doubled every year up until last year. So I did wow. 19 deals my first year, 53 my second year, 90 my third year, 131 my what fourth year, fifth year. Yeah. Wow. And then 106 last year. So it's, uh, I mean, it was crazy. And the volume keeps going up, right? The price mm-hmm. points keep going up. But um, every, my general rule of thumb is I reinvest about 20% of my income back into marketing. So whether it be mailers, postcards, mm-hmm. Zillow ads, um, Facebook ads, Google Google ads, you name it, uh, about 20% of every dollar that comes in goes out. Okay, and I try to like create that system so it's automatic. Mm-hmm. Like I can scale it up, scale it down, depending on how I'm doing every single month. Um, that's something that is hard to encourage agents that are making $1,000 a month Mm-hmm. And when they start, because you're kicking back $200 in the marketing, yep. but it's that that system that grows you really fast. And then once you have clients, you can stay in front of them and get more referrals from them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm to the point where I, I still invest 20% back into marketing, but 95, 90, 98% of my business is just past clients and their friends. And so friends, family, referrals. So now it's just staying in front of friends and family with postcards mm-hmm. and mailers to them. Yeah. And So you treated it like an actual traditional business and, yeah. and looked at it like, uh, I'm sure that part probably came from the, the chiropractic office. And I mean, you had to do the brick and mortar steps to be successful with a brick and mortar. Right. Um, and then over time, you just shifted where that money was being spent, but it always had it in the budget. Right. Uh, so let's say that you are one of those $1,000 a month agents and all you can afford is the 200 And it is stre- a stretch because you haven't even talked about the 40% for taxes or anything yet. Right. Where would be some of the smartest places to spend those to get the most bang for your buck if you were having to build it off the ground again? Um, definitely postcards to your, your friends. Um, some kind of email campaign, postcards, something to stay in front of them. I would say when I... St- started my number one thing was like contactually actually so back then i used that a lot i don't use it as much anymore but contactually actually reminded me of certain people's events birthdays mm-hmm. um and i could reach out to them and invite them out for lunch or say hi to them wish them happy holidays that kind of thing so i would say that was probably my best um the technology to help me stay in front of them mm-hmm. was probably the best thing um and just staying top of mind with them as they're going through like hey i just got married mm-hmm. we're buying a house now who do we call oh i just saw ryan's email like i should ask yeah. him what mm-hmm. do i do first so that's big it's the biggest thing i think agents miss is everybody's after you know the zillow leads and stuff like that and it's like how about you treat your market especially you you know that you have a couple hundred clients now like that's your biggest bang for your buck right you send right. postcards to them to stay top of mind versus Trying to go out and find the next best lead gen, um, right. which supplements a business, right? Take care of your market and your your farm, and I think the rest takes care of itself. And people forget that often. Yeah. Zillow is kind of a wash. Like it's like a time filler. It's it's there if you just need a little need a little extra marketing. Mm-hmm. Not going to get you rich. Um, it, it has, you know, it's made some agents rich over the past, and I, I wouldn't say it's the same as it used to be Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's still there as like a backup 
But yep. the thing that really, really works is staying in front of your, your peers. So, so and I think a lot of people forget about that or they just never even heard it spelled out. But most people, when they're like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to take my clothes to get dry cleaned or whatever, something will pop up in their mind. And the majority of them, they've already made the decision because they were aware of it. You need to position yourself to be that thing that pops up in their mind because now you already got a head start against everybody else. Like they might not make a second phone call. Right. Yeah, they probably don't. I wouldn't, I mean, not many people that like reach out to you are going to call 10 agents mm-hmm. and they don't want to. They want, we know, now. we know the type now. Yeah, they want to see a house like tomorrow. <laughs> and I mean, I've had people that I've met at open houses. Literally, I've got a closing next week. Somebody I met at an open house one time, gave him my card. He went to another open house the next weekend and called me and said, I want to write an offer on that open house. Never saw the house, never showed him a house, just wanted me to represent him in negotiations. And, and like, that's, that's the crazy, the crazy stuff that, you know, you get, they, people want something now. I was actually the listing agent on that and I'm getting you for procuring costs now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the listing agent was with my company. So, yeah. uh, that's awesome. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I don't really have much more. I mean, I could string this out into three hours and just pick his brain with super technical questions. Right. Um, I guess if you were to just have a closing statement on it, if an agent does want to want to gear up to that full time, you know, hundred K plus or whatever, yep. what is just two, three bullet points that they should focus on every day on the path to getting there? Yeah. No, good question. Um, number one bullet point is have a schedule, have a plan. You know, that's make sure you have uh, morning morning calls or some time to allocate to calls and follow up on your emails. Make sure you're scheduling out uh, meetings, uh, not filling your entire day with meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need to allocate a certain amount of time for certain things. So mm-hmm. maybe one or two meetings a day um, with different resources um, and learn a lot. Learn a lot about real estate because if, if you're more knowledgeable, people are going to trust you more. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a huge one. And then the other thing is just get ready to run hard. You know, yeah. you, you got to be ready to work. And if you work hard, people are going to recommend you more to their friends and family. And you, I mean, you will fail. I remember a story of myself when I was doing some of my first showings. You and, failed? And they said, what areas do you focus on? And I was like, oh, I'm a big Minneapolis guy. Whew, yeah, big yeah. Yeah. Why did I say that? I don't know. So, of course, they're like, what neighborhoods in Minneapolis? Because it's broken out into about 40, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, my mind is like, I'm actually, I think at the time, I might have even been living with my mother-in-law in Longfellow. And I couldn't even think of Longfellow. So, what did I say? I'm like, blah, 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 Bohannon. And you're like. I'm like, North Minneapolis. I just told these people I was an expert on North <laughs> Minneapolis. And we're looking at a $300,000 home in Mendota Heights. And I left that meeting and I downloaded a Minneapolis map the next day. And I studied the ever-living crap out of it. And so I learned. I, I, I lo- tried to learn more. And now, like, I can't tell you when we're passing certain blocks into new neighborhoods in Minneapolis. But I can tell you, if you want to know where Field is versus um, Armitage or something like that. I can tell you generally where they are. I can tell you about what schools are. And so, you know, you learn over time. But I just, I wasn't even trying to lie to them. I was just like, I guess Minneapolis, right? But then when they pressed me on it, I had no idea. So, you know, be honest with, be honest with people and, and uh, yeah, study. 
people people know you're not going to know everything, right? Yeah. You know, and like that's what Google's for, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Google's like at your fingertips. You yeah. use it. So leverage technology to make mm-hmm. yourself better. And so it's like knowing every home value by the, from the second you walk in. Hey, is this overpriced? Like, well, let's look at it first. Let's, yeah, let's right. check out the furnace. Let's check out yeah. the AC. Let's check out the foundation. Let's see if it smells like mold in the basement. And mm-hmm. yeah. and we want to leave really fast because the floors <laughs> are squishy. Yeah. Or, and, you know, is there, is there water watermarks all over the ceilings because there's, you know, there's been a roof leak several yeah. times from ice dams in the past. It's like stuff like that, that first time home buyers, especially, don't want to get into a house that right. has just junk. And so you, you just, you add value by showing by decreasing risk yeah and i think that's like a huge huge thing that people need and they want is i want to make sure my first investment in a property is great so then next time i buy i've got more equity that i can Mm -hmm. roll forward into my next house and then it just like gets the snowball rolling yeah and that's that's huge well to joe's point uh that's a great question let me get back to you leaves you in a much better position than Oh, you're the North Minneapolis expert, and we're over here at three times the property values. I have a two-minute segment we'll wrap up with, and we'll get you out of here to your next meeting. <laughs> I want your quick answers to common <laughs> comments and questions that you get from buyers. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Why are the sellers moving? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sellers typically don't want us to know why they're moving. <laughs> Because otherwise, we can use that in our negotiations. So Got that's, it. That's, that's a usually good what I say back to them. Indian burial ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, their wife got murdered. I don't know. I've got <laughs> one, one house right now on the market that was a murder. So it's like crazy, crazy stuff. You yeah. never know. You never know where it's going to happen. You didn't commit it, did you? No. Thank okay. goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm pretty happy. Actually. Yeah, it's a condo yeah. in Uptown. Yeah. I know the owner near, well. near Lake Calhoun. Yeah, <laughs> really dangerous neighborhood. The other one, good one is when right by Yum. when parents come with. Oh yeah, on the second showing or the inspection, you know. Love that. Try to get them to list their house right away with me. <laughs> Works every time. Ryan, I mean, my daughter's buying a two hundred thousand dollar condo in Minneapolis. Couldn't she get a mansion in Plymouth for that? She she could, but does she want to live in Plymouth? How many kids does she have? <laughs> It's a great school district out there. She's she's going to want that place in Plymouth when she has kids. But right now, she wants to be close to the action, close to the fun. Yeah. Can you go uh, paddle boarding on what, Plymouth Lake out there in the summer? Do they have a rental? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, we'll let you go, man. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thanks um, for having me. You're appreciate a legend. It. We appreciate yeah. it. Seriously. Hey, it was you. fun. It was fun to see you guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Sure. Yeah. 